Welcome back to another amazing, incredible, uncanny, spectacular edition of Comic School, everybody. How could I possibly say that when we just got started? Um, it's because the guest we got today is one of the top in the game, which uh, I don't want to fanboy out too much. One of my favorite educators, um, and I think you're really going to enjoy this discussion we have with us today, uh, Cornelius Minor. Let me give a little bit of, by way of intro, um, Cornelius Minor is a Brooklyn-based educator. He works with teachers, school leaders, leaders of community-based organizations to support equitable literacy reform in cities across the globe. His latest book, We Got This, explores how the work of creating more equitable schools is embedded in our everyday choices, specifically the choice to really listen to kids. Uh, he's been featured in Education Week, Brooklyn Magazine, Teaching Tolerance Magazine. I just saw him in my most recent NCTE joint, um, like a big old spread. So if you've got this, just check that out too. It's, it's just an honor and a pleasure to have you here, sir. Oh, Thank man. you so much for joining us. It is exciting to be here. I mean, this is one of my favorite podcasts. I mean, this is life, mm. right? Like pop culture, specifically Man. comics, teaching. I mean, this is all the intersections right here. That's, so, that's all love. It's all yeah. love. Appreciate, appreciate you. Um, okay, so usually we start out, as, as, you, as you may be aware, um, we like to start out with a good origin story. So, yes. I mean, we go back, we've talked, uh, we talked about comics, we've talked about uh, education. Um, so, how did you, um, like, how did comics enter your life and, and, and how have they kind of stayed, have they kind of stayed with you? Take us through, you oh, know, man. like, I mean, comics in early days, thing, man, it's the gateway. Like, um, I am originally from Liberia, um, it, which is a small country off the coast of West Africa. And here's why it's important to know this. Like, um, Liberia is a country for those history heads in the room. Liberia was founded by formerly enslaved people. Um, who left the United States, who emancipated themselves and left the United States and returned to the African continent to form an independent black republic. So Liberia is one of two independent black republics on the continent of Africa, it's us and Ethiopia, right? And so I always tell people, we the original Wakanda, right? Like that's, and so like comics is in my DNA, Y'all right? Love that. That. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's in my DNA that like, you know, my twice great grandfather um, was um, an enslaved person who could read. And so he emancipated himself. He left. Um, He um, and somehow found his way back to the African continent. Um, And so my family is like badass people who resisted slavery and left the country. Right. Like that's that's my people. Right. And so if that ain't a superhero urgent, like what is right. Um, you know, um, talk about and, it. Yes. Yeah, and so, you know, but, you know, like every superhero story has its bumps and starts. You know, when we look at the story of Liberia, again, for those history heads in the room, you know that Liberia entered a period of bitter civil war in the mid 1980s. Um, and so that was my childhood. Right. And my father, um, being the man that he is, was like, I don't know if I want to raise my kids in a civil war. And so my father scraped together every penny he could find 
um, so that he could afford to get my sister and I out of the country. So I end up back in the United States as a young person. Um, really, you know, my first time in the country, really having to find my way, right? You know, and that's the story of, of every character that we read about in these books. Like, how do I find my way in these extraordinary circumstances? And so my very first um, book that I ever read from cover to cover was Hardware Number 1 by Dwayne McDuffie. Yep, Hardware Number 1 by Dwayne. Yes! yes! Hardware Number 1. And, and here's... Yeah, and so here's some trivia. Here's some trivia. I was so moved by that book. Again, first book I ever read from cover to cover. That book made me a reader, right? You know, and I teach reading and writing now, so that book made me a reader. I was so moved by that book, I wrote a letter to Dwayne McDuffie. Um, my young self wrote a letter to Dwayne McDuffie, um, and that letter got printed in hardware number seven. So if for all the old school comic heads in the building, my first publication before I wrote books, before I wrote articles, you can check it. So like, and you can download hardware number seven, download hardware number seven on the DC app and look in the back of that magazine. And there is a letter from young Cornelius Minor in the back of that comic book. That was my very first publication ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and so. That's for real, for real. That's like receipts, receipt. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And so, and so once I got published in my favorite comic book as a kid, I was like, I can put words on paper and people will publish them. Hell yeah. And so like, that's where my career started, like, you know, and, um, and it's been that way ever since. So, yeah. There's so, so many last- ways. Um, there's so many things that, that it branches and avenues. And I want to talk about them all. Um, I know like you, 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 you saw that the milestones on the com- is on the yeah, comeback, yeah, right? I've, I've already you picked. Okay, I've you already, picked it up. Like, okay. I've already got the sneak peeks. Like I've already, you know, again, like I've been, I've been diehard since the beginning. Um, and 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 here's the interesting thing: those those people became some of my friends, right? That like my favorite image um, in all of comics, the um, the first print that I ever bought, you know, like and so as a broke educator scraping together my little coins. The first print I ever bought was a print of Icon and Rocket um, drawn by Jamal Igle. Um, and so Jamal Igle is one of my favorite in the game. And so when it was yes. time for me to write my first solo book, Jamal Igle drew the cover. So my book, We Got This, Jamal is the one who drew the cover. What's um, up, Jamal? Yeah. I was just talking the other day. Yes, yes. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. So he is my absolute favorite artist, um, you know, and so like and so everything so even in my mm-hmm. scholarship like it shows mm-hmm. up so i'm writing a book about teaching i'm writing a book about supporting kids but i'm like how do i bring all of the people who inspired me like with me right you know and so like when i think about icon and rocket you know like that got me through college that got me through graduate school right and so i was just like and, and who's the who's my favorite artist that ever drew it i'm like jamal okay and so like i'm writing this book who do i want to like have the visuals that like introduce the world to my ideas, you know? And so this has been in my blood again, since the very beginning. Yeah. So, and, and, and I try and explain, I try and explain this and I, and I think I almost have it, but it's, there's something that gets in your bloodstream and I don't know what it is yet. I'm, I'm going to find out. I'm going to try, but like, not every not every kid reads comics, and we're we're sort of yeah. fortunate. People of us of a certain demographic are sort of are sort of lucky in that you know I didn't have to like hide my my Spider Man's behind my physics book too much. 
Um, you know, it's cool to be, it's kind of cool to be a nerd now. Um, but I'm wondering why you think that comics in particular have stayed, you said, how do I bring them with me? And that to me is a really powerful and meaningful statement. Um, because as you well know, and we've, you know, we've talked about, I've talked about this with a whole bunch of people is, you know, if you read comics, that, that is in a lot of ways, not every way, but it is, it is formative to that moral compass. Let me, I'll, I'll put it that way. Like the, 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 you know, with great power and great responsibility, that's little kids thinking about the, the social contract, right? They're like, mm-hmm. what do I do with this power? Who am mm-hmm. I? How does it work? These are all, I mean, yes, they're yeah. ideological, they're epistemological, but um, they're ways that are taken up. But why do you think it stayed with, why do you think comics have stayed, stayed with you as sort of, as you said, like you found yourself and now, you know, if I got, if, if Dwayne McDuffie printed me, I would, that, that would seal the deal. That would have sealed the deal right there. They'd be like, well, this is it. Yeah. But, for, but for you, how come, how come it's still with you? Well, I think it represented all of the tensions that I experienced as a mm. young person. And it continues to represent all of the tensions and contradictions that I experience now. So if you can imagine being like a young black kid, and I'm, I'm, I'm not just black, I'm African, right? Like, and I'm African as in my ancestors, like killed their masters and returned to the continent. Like that's me. Right. Like, and so like, and so, um, and, and so reading comics represented for me, um, possibility, but then also a dramatic failure of imagination. You know, so if you can imagine showing up in the United States, and seeing all these white dudes in these pages and being like, what is going on? Right? Like, and, 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 and for me, and, and I eventually studied this, but for me, it became, why can't we imagine a future where black folks are powerful? Like, you know, so I'm reading about all these white dudes who can do all of these things. Right. And, but like, and so that became a question for me in high school where I'm just like, if we can imagine a future where people can fly, where we can talk to aliens, but we cannot imagine a future where black folks are powerful, what the hell is wrong with our imagination? And so, and so really comics represented that, that idea of possibility, but then also that dramatic failure of imagination. Um, because, you know, and I mean, and, and for me, it was violent. I remember reading books, watching cartoons and just being like, all right, so we got a future where Autobots are here. We got a future where the Jetsons are having video conferences before Zoom. We got a future where, you know, like people are able to ride hoverboards. But when you look at all these imagined depictions of the future, ain't no black people here. What the hell is that? And so when you imagine a future where we can talk to aliens, but you cannot imagine a future where black people even Mm. exist, like that's a dramatic failure of imagination. And that is like discursive violence, you know? And so, so for me, like I, was really drawn to comics, specifically Milestone at that age, because I was just like, here are the people who are providing a bomb to that discursive violence. Again, you watch the Jetsons, you like the Jetsons have figured out how to like conquer like, you know, transportation issues. The Jetsons have figured out like how to make more sustainable food ways, but they haven't figured out how to get a single black person in their community. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> and so, like, and so, like, and so, you know, for, that's right. <laughs> and so, so for me, like, I, like, I was really interested in what is wrong with the imagination mm. of people if they cannot mm. imagine futures where I even exist. Um, and so, and so that became one of my. In-
initial questions. And so I, as a reader, I was critical from the jump where I was like, y'all got Spider-Man who can hang upside down from the Empire State Building, but y'all can't find a way for brown people to exist in his social ecosystem. Um, and so that was, you know, so all throughout the 90s when comics were booming, those were the questions that I was asking, right? And so being able to see Spawn and being able to see Hardware and all these people, like that was really important for me. And and what what it did was it like, I'm like, okay, now I see hardware. Now there's possibility, right? You know, and, and so just like, like, wow, like the written word is so powerful that when I see a thing, I can be that thing, right? And I was like, you know, and, and early on, I was like, I want to do that for my friends. Like, I want to do that for like my little sister, right? I want to, you know, and so, and so that's how the teaching came in, right? That like, if, if Dwayne McDuffie can put pen to paper and make me powerful and he won't even know me, like, Imagine if I did that for people that I know, right? Imagine if I did that for people that I could teach. And so really that's been, that's been the mission since I was in ninth grade. So, yeah. Look, I told y'all, I told y'all the, the second you, you clicked on play, I told you this was going to be amazing. Uh, I, I'm a little, oh, a little cheered up. Cause that's, that's, that's got, that is gospel. Yeah. truth yeah right yeah, yeah and i appreciate i appreciate everything that 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 you just said uh and 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 to 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 think about education as being an act of not only civic responsibility but of resistance yeah absolutely. of criticality right um of of love, right? Absolutely. I mean, these things, these things, uh, are deeply important to a vibrant, healthy community of learners. Absolutely. Right. Especially in a, especially in an era, I think when that's almost the antithesis of, what is being asked of so many teachers. And I'm thinking in particular yeah. about, I'm thinking in particular about testing the various, yeah. the various tests that yeah. are, are foisted yeah. upon. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say it's yeah. foisted upon people. And this idea of, well, we know what, we know what the power of the, the written and spoken word of the, of generative Absolutely. knowledge can be. Absolutely. Is that, and, and and that's the that's that's kind of I feel like the taproot of what you're talking about. How how is that showing up? I'm just gonna let you. I just want to let you just flex. But like, how does that show up? How do your kids carry that torch? You know, your 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 students yeah. or or even you know in your community. How are they carrying that torch that you cool. that you so beautifully spoke on? Right, that power of 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 curiosity, that in, that inquisitive nature, that um that thing that comics does yeah well here's the thing like all of those things that criticality that love that inquisitive nature that engagement those aren't concepts that we have to learn those are organic to us Let's we are go. born with those things Woo! right like and, and 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 i always tell people there's a difference between schooling and education yes right you yes. know one of the things that my dad used to always remind me he's like you know cornelius you never want to let school get in the way of your education that schooling is institutional <laughs> right education is liberatory Right. Um, and so every school is not a house of education. 
right? Mm. Every, every teacher is not an educator, mm. right? You know, and I think it's important to name that. And so one of the things that I always assume is that these are not things that I'm giving to young people. These That's are things right. that young people come to me That's with. Right. And That's it is right. my job to take care of those things and to cultivate those things. Yeah. And so, um, and so you cannot give someone a liberatory spirit. They come to you with that. But here's what institutions do. Institutions beat freedom out of people. You know, you cannot give people curiosity. They come to you with curiosity. But here's what institutions do. Institutions beat that out of people, right? Like, you cannot give people freedom. They come to you liberated. But here's what institutions do. Institutions beat freedom out of you. And so, really, when I think about the role of school, and, like, the role of school is to be caretakers, right? The kids Mm. come to us with these tools to be caretakers and cultivators. Right? The kids come to us with these things. We simply care for them and we cultivate them and sharpen them so that they can employ these things in, in, so that their communities can continue to thrive. Right? Um, and, and so, so really the question ain't like, how do I like bring this stuff out of kids? The question right. is like, how do I just allow these things to continue to live and flourish? Right. Um, right. And, and so really for me, um, that is allowing all people to to be themselves, right? You know, it's it's the it's the question of mystique or masquerade if we talk in milestone, right? Or 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 even multiple man if we talk oh, in Mar- oh, you know, like you know, like you know, it's this yeah. idea um, of like there can be multiple iterations of you and all of them are beautiful. There can be multiple iterations of you and some of them can be flawed, but that is still beauty, right? Um, and so really helping kids to be in touch with all of the different versions of themselves. That that like that that mystique can be one thing on one day and a different thing on another day, and 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 that does not mean that you're fractured. That actually Ooh. means that you're quite whole. Um, you know, and so 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 for me, like that's what it is. Like it's recognizing that there is beauty in all that they bring to us and helping them to see that beauty themselves. And that's, I mean, <laughs> now I'm just thinking about what that how how that how that works right how that um yeah especially i love that idea of of multiple man as you know jamie madrix as as uh you know a metaphor for our students um in terms of like it's one it's many it's myriad do i contain multitudes yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Do I contradict myself? Well, then I contradict myself. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Whitman cut. Yeah. Um, but like, exactly. Right. Exactly. But but there's there's poetry in that li- yeah. literally. But but there's beauty there. But I think there's also something that's what I love. What you said is that is something that is it's already there, yeah. and it's already subversive in a good way do you know what i'm talking about like it's this idea of i i'm being i will be true to myself i will bring my full self and our our great responsibility is to not bring that out but to nurture right and to 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 till you know to to provide that to, to hold that space yeah. Right. And I think that's really, really, I mean, it, it, that's, that's powerfully important. I always talk, I always, I talk with my teacher ed students. I say, who's the most critical person, you know, and they talk about like 
you know, this, this person, that person, that person. I said, the most critical person I know is my, is my little, my, my little three-year-old. Absolutely. You know why? You know why? Cause the only question he talks about is, okay, well, how come? Yeah. What's exactly. that about? Exactly. Who, what? How? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Why? Really? Yeah. Those are hugely important questions. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That comics takes up. One of my favorite, one of the things like, why, why do I say comics are critical? And I want to come back to this idea of imagination because I yeah. think that's, because imagination, a radical and critical imagination, as, as you said, it's liberatory and it's something that kids do and our students do and that comics, I think, afford us and invite us, afford us the opportunities and invite us to like, what if? Yeah. What know, if, was, the whole what if line uh, is like, well, yeah. think differently. You know, and I always want to be careful with imagination because it can be a damning tool as well. Yeah. There's two sides yeah. to every coin, yeah. right? You know, when we think about this this recent, you know, rash of extrajudicial killings of black men, you know, mm-hmm. that's all imagination. When you, mm. you know, that Derek Chauvin trial, you know, what was it? He imagined that his life was in danger. You think about Mike Brown, that cop imagined that his life was in danger. And so imagination can right. also be a really messed up thing. You yes, know? and so I'm very careful with the idea of imagination. Like, and again, this is even me being critical of comics that I am very suspect of white heroes, right? Like that vigilante white people giving them weapons. Like, what are they going to do? Like Bruce Wayne in real life, there would be a trail of black bodies. Come on, like, without, and so, like, and so, without question. So I'm always thinking about like what happens when you give certain people power mm-hmm. when their imaginations are unchecked. Right. You know, like, um, yes. and so, so a white man with an unchecked imagination is dangerous, right? Yep. Like a, you know, and so really thinking about that. And so because I teach kids and because I teach all kids, part of my work then is helping you to cultivate an imagination that will not be dangerous to other people. Right. Right. Um, and that's, and, so, and that's usually like, that's such an important point, which is why like, it's that critical imagination. It's not this, yeah. you know, when, when, when Mike Brown was killed, um, it's like, ah, he, he, you know, there was this whole talk, talking about him in these imagined terms. I remember yeah, the term it was, demon yeah. was, was, was bandied yeah. about. Right. And so it's this, how is imagination yeah. mobilized by whom, for whom, through whom, yeah. and how do we, how can we work with, and how can we build that up in our, yeah. in our students to, to have a cohesive, coherent, liberatory imagination rather than one that would replicate oppressive systems or feed yeah. into them. Yeah. Right. I've been, yeah. you know, I've been thinking about, you know, you bring up, I've been, I've been rereading, um, I've been rereading Sandman. Yeah. Right. Talk about, he said white <laughs> heroes and that just made me think of Sandman, but, um, <laughs> but this idea of dreams being the yeah. same, be it being, you know, nightmares and dreams inhabit, similar spaces like at yeah. least in this in this comment but i was yeah, kind of thinking a lot about that about dreams and why how they're important and why they matter think about langston hughes think about dr king yeah. think about uh, malcolm x think about yeah. amanda gorman yeah right um sure. and 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 so um what for you i think is what what for you when we think about imagination and 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 trying to cure, trying trying to work with your kids uh, to develop that um, in particular ways. Um, when you're thinking about it, how how do you invite them 
your students to have those discussions with, with you, with each other, those, like those critical, well, like, imagined yeah. discussions. Does that make, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, like you said with your son, it's organic, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quoting Kwame Alexander here. Kwame says all the time that, that um, the humanity of adults, of an adult starts in the imagination of a child, right? Ooh, that, um, yep. that, that, that if we engage kids in books and in experiences and in conversations that, that allow them to see a broad spectrum of humanity, right? So if we engage kids in these imaginative acts early, later on in life, they are able to see more people as fully human, right? And so really, that's all it is. It's just like, how am I spending time in the company of young people engaged in beauty Mm. and engaged in all different kinds of beauty, right? Like, And so spending time visiting India through books and spending Mm. time visiting South America through Mm. books and spending time visiting Africa through experiences. And so when you have all of these experiences at age three, at age 12, more people are human to you at age 37. So, um, and so it's really simple. It's not like, it's all like it's literally elementary. Like you just like <laughs> you just have a really good time with people, and so, so yeah, I spend a lot of time, you know, like playing games with kids and playing games that depict all kinds of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. And playing games mm-hmm. that depict all kinds of life. Like um, I've been talking a lot with kids about Biomutant um, recently. You know, that game just came out for PS5, mm-hmm. PS4, and <laughs> and just being able to imagine like oh. Like, who could you be if you invented this character? And what are the things that would motivate that character? Oh, well, there are actual groups of people who are motivated by those very same things. So let's study them, right? And there are actually groups of people who have endured those same challenges. And so let's study them, right? Right. And so the plot in Biomutant that I've been talking to kids about is this, this tree of life is deteriorating because people have been poor caretakers of the land. And I'm like, well, let me talk to you then about the Lenape. And, and let me talk to you then about the Osage. And let me talk to you then about the Lakota. Like, you know, right? And so, right. so, so we can have these conversations about games where you are literally living vicariously through this character that is an avatar. But then let me talk to you about the real people who have experienced this, right? You know, um, and so for me, that's been amazing. Yeah. And it's, you know, when I'm, I'm thinking about like one of the most profound things that, that somebody said to me about Princess Comics um, was my, my seven-year-old. And we were just sitting around at breakfast once, and he just says, you know the thing I like about comics, Pop? And I was like, okay, we, okay what's up? Yeah, he goes, let's go. the, the thing I like about comics is that you can learn real stuff through pretend stories. And I was like, geez, that, that's a whole dissertation. Yeah. Right? Like that's, yeah. I was like, yeah. that, that's it. Right? And this idea of, you know, kids are already asking these questions and they already understand like there's importance, a sense of justice, a sense of truth, a sense of caretaking, caretaking, um, you know, talking about caretakers of the land, right. They talk about um, those stories that, that we imagine and that we sort of, as you said, uh, like we live vicariously through feed, not just the imagination, but feed the intellect 
Absolutely. Right, and they're and they're both. Those are both. I, I don't want to make yeah. it dis- necessarily dis- a distinction between the two because I would I would argue that imagination is a highly intellectual yeah. process. Absolutely, but but this the 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 idea of um the taking up these really m- macro questions, mm-hmm. but also there's admantium involved. Yeah, the absolutely. question of the <laughs> like, yeah. what does it mean to other? How is uh, right? Like, it just says. As as an example, um, asking questions um, that are very that that mean a lot, though there's some discursive and maybe some affective space yeah. to to kind of think through those questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different conversation, for instance, when you say, "Okay, you've identified these as as you've identified this as you know, something important." Let let me show you where you can find out more about this rather than like, what's up kids. Let's talk about, as you said, like the Lakota, let's yeah. <laughs> hear some yeah. stuff. That ain't it. It's yeah. the same. And I think a lot of times at, at least teachers get caught up. I don't, you know, get caught up in, okay, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. And it's let it, let the game come to you. Yeah, exactly. And it's the idea of being responsive, right? Yes, um, yes. That one of the things I often think about, you know, um, um, my partner is an incredible dancer um, and, and and she likes going dancing on the weekends and I am not a dancer. Um, and, but, you know, and, and, and this is all pre-pandemic <laughs> life, of course, but one of the things, right. like when we were married before kids, she used to want to go dancing all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm not a skilled dancer. And she was like, well... I can go with other dudes. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to learn how to be a skilled dancer. So that we go dancing. But, and, 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 and she's like a dancer dancer. So she waltzes, she does all that stuff. Right. And, and I remember learning how to waltz. And, uh-huh. and when you learn how to waltz, like that is a responsive dance, right? Yeah. That, that if your partner dips, you have to respond. If your partner turns, you have to respond. Right. And if you don't respond, you run the risk of dropping your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. That, and, and so, and I think the same is true of teaching, Right. If the kids dip, you got to respond. If the kids spin, you got to respond. Because here's the thing. If you do not respond, you run the risk of dropping your partner. And I think in far too many American classrooms, we drop the kids. That, yep. um, that, 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 you know, that a waltz isn't, like a waltz is planned out to an extent. Like I know yep. what I'm going to do. Right. But then you hit the floor and your partner does a little sachet. You got to respond to that or you're going to drop her. That's right. You know, and so so the classroom should be planned to an extent. But then when the kids do a little sachet, you got to respond to that or you run the risk of dropping your partner. And again, in far too many American classrooms, we have become mm. too comfortable with dropping our partners. Um, yep. And so really the work for me is, yeah, I know where I want to go. I know the learning outcomes that I want to mm-hmm. hit. But mm-hmm. how we get there, that path mm-hmm. is yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it will be determined a lot by the kids. You know? um, and, and I'm a big believer, you know, that the idea of schooling in the West is a colonial idea. This idea that I am going to show up and give kids a thing that they do not already have um, is a very colonial idea. And so I am very much into the idea that kids are going to come here with all of their genius and it is my job to be, again, the caretaker of that genius. And so, right. so, so when kids come, I assume that they got stories. When kids come, I assume that they got mathematics. When kids come, I assume that they got histories. 
um, history is plural, right? Not just one white man's history, right? Um, and so one of the things that, that my job is, is just like, all right, so you come to me and you have your own histories, right? That are very local, that are very personal to you. You come to me and you have your own mathematics. You come to me, you have your mm-hmm, own ways of mm-hmm. understanding the world. It is my job to help you to connect those things to other discourses around mathematics and other discourses mm-hmm. around what history is and what mm-hmm. history can be. Um, and so just that simple idea of comics. I always tell people these stories have been in our universe for, for generations, right? So you're talking to me about Spider-Man. Let me show you a Nazi, right? You know, like that, that your people Talk have a tradition, it. right? You know, and so all of those things are, are really... You seen this? There it is. There it is. You yeah, seen this? Is. Yes, there it so is. This is it, there's nothing better than visual stuff on an audio podcast. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm holding up Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Uh, yeah. If you haven't picked that up, uh, Jim Henson, if you want, uh, shout out to Jim Henson if you want to sponsor the show. Uh, look forward to your email. But um, this is dope, right? Is, as yeah. you said, it's, it's the Anansi comic, right? Yeah. It's the, um, just as a, the stories yeah. have been here forever. Like, this yeah. is not, nothing in here is new. It's yeah. beautiful and brilliant, but it's not new. Exactly. Right? You, know, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's connecting. So for my Indian students, saying that there are stories in your culture Mm. That, that, that depict the same struggles, right? For my African students, there are stories in your culture that depict the same struggles. For my Italian students, there are stories in your culture that depict the same struggles, that your people have been grappling with these ideas forever, right? And, and so the work that we do in this classroom is simply an extension of that lineage, mm. right? You know, the work in this classroom, we are simply asking the same questions that were asked 2,000 years ago. Right. You know, and so so in that context, you are a scholar. Right. That 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 griots sat around fires in West Africa, that people sat in arenas in Rome. Right. Asking these questions. That's right. Now you sit in your desk and we're asking these questions and we're grappling with these concepts and we're telling these stories. Um, And so so it all just kind of connects for me. Like. Right. And 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 when it connects for you, it connects for kids. Right. So and. You know, just what you said is the difference between a mechanized form of teaching and an organic living form of teaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, it lives, it breathes, it has hearts, it's connected, yeah. it grows in relation to its environment. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and 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 thrives with, you know, it, it thrives with the right nutrients, right? Yeah. With the air, the water, the the um, you know, it's it can be, for lack right. of a better term, right now, it, it can be, um, you know, people say oh, teaching is magic. It's like it's not magic, but it That's can be magic. mystical. It can be spirit. Yeah. It can be it can be spirit giving, spirit affirming. Mm-hmm. Um, are you? Well, I have found that because of and just got to loop back to what we were talking about. This idea of. Uh, students learning to be a a particular way, not talking. Mm -hmm. Talking is bad. Look, I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble for talking to school and now I do it for a living. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that, like, it's like, (laughs) exactly. Okay. But you know, don't talk. You gotta like, you gotta ask permission to, to, you know, get up, your your life is run by a bell. It's very uh, very uh, regimented, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, all that and is I, colonization. 
Yeah, it's all that, No, it's without all question. Yeah, yeah, without like, question. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. So my question. So how when 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 our students come in in particular ways and they have particular expectations and this is a question I get from a lot of um, you know a lot of teachers like maybe they they're like well I'll give you an example from my teaching uh, this semester my students we're on Zoom and it's a whole new universe and they and I said you know what was what was the you know what was the thing that that was most challenging for you and they said to me and I'm not ever going to forget this they said we didn't know what to do with all this freedom yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, it was, no one, had, no one had done that before. Have you, how, how do you, I don't want to say deal with, like, what's that like for you in your pedagogy and in, in your teaching and you're working with students in terms of like, well, we have always been asked to be in a certain way or not be a certain way. Yeah. And you're asking talk about that story. You talk, okay. Yeah, I talk about it. I just name it. And, I, and it's important that we name this for kids. Like, um, you know, I name it with my own daughters. I, I talk to them, you know, and I, t- you know, I just had a conversation with my daughters this morning. I was like, your ideas are always welcome here. And mm-hmm. there will be spaces with other adults and those other adults will treat you as if you need to be silent all the time. And so here is how you enter those spaces and here's how you assert yourself in those spaces. And I talk to my kids, students at school the same way about this, like, you know, that, that you have me as a teacher and I believe in the idea of freedom. I believe that multiple ideas can coexist, multiple competing ideas can coexist, you know, um, and you will have teachers who will tell you that there's only one right answer. And some of those teachers work in this school and you might have some of them next year. So as we close out this year, I have to give you tools to deal mm. with people who will attempt to abridge your freedom. Mm. Right. You yeah. know, but again, that these stories exist, right. That this is the story of Harriet Tubman right? That like freedom is hard to carry, right? Like that, that this is the story of, you know, if we go way back to the authority, this is that story, right? You know, so, 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 Yo! so Apollo and Midnight or Jack Hawksmore, this is that story, right? Like, and so, um, and so I think it's really, really important to just lay the blueprint down for people just to be like, look, here's, here's what you're going to be up against, but then here are the tools that you get to use to navigate that. So here are the freedoms that you were born into that I didn't allow you these freedoms. You were born with these freedoms. And so these are the freedoms that you experience in this room. But then there will be rooms where people will attempt to abridge your freedoms in the name of education, right? And so here's how you deal with that as well. Um, and kids as young as eight know how to deal with that, right? That like, um, right, I'm, I'm working with a third grader um, and he taught me an incredible lesson. Um, he he's a third grader who has the label, right? He's labeled as the bad kid, you Mm -hmm, know, and mm -hmm. and really um, they say that he has impulse control issues, but really he's the kind of person who needs to learn with his body. Right. Um, And and we know that. And because I communicate and I'm in community with his mother, I know Mm -hmm. that. Right. Mm -hmm, And, um, mm -hmm. and, And he's working with his therapist, you know, when he feels like he has to move around, um, right. one of the things that we're all working. So it's me, his therapist and his mom, we're all working that, when you feel like you need to move around, like in my classroom, I understand that. So I let you move mm-hmm. because that's what your body is telling you. And that's how you right. learn. Right. right. Um, but because it's June and he is going to fourth grade next year, um, me and the therapist and his mother are getting him ready for like some teachers will not understand this about you. And, and, and so we're going to do everything we can to communicate it to the fourth grade team. But, but some teachers are going to read your body and they're going to see you moving and they're going to think you're being bad. Um, and so we're developing tools 
like to two kinds of tools. I always, and, and he knows this. And if you called him right now, he would say it back to you. Like um, that he has, he, one of the tools is communicated tools so that he has to be able to tell people that I'm the kind of person that learns with my body. So when you see me get up during your lesson, it's not me being weird. It's me learning that right. I process by walking around the room. I process by touching things. And so I'm going to always keep little sheets of paper in my desk that I can crumple up because that's how I process. Um, And so, but he has the words to communicate that now. Right. And, um, but then he also, um, when, when teachers tried to deny him access to those things, because we were real with him, we're like, they're going to be teachers and you're going to say that to them. And they're still going to tell you, don't get up. That's right. And so there will be people who will deny you the very things that you need to thrive. And, and so here's how you deal with those things. And at age eight, he already knows. And we've been going through simulations because it's June. And so we're like, all right, like in this classroom, we allowed you to move because I'm in community with your therapist and with your mother. But next year, we don't know who you're going to get. Right. And right. you might get somebody who does not respect your body. You might get somebody who does not respect how you learn. Um, and so here's how you, you know, and that we have to have these conversations with eight-year-olds is the epitome of, like, of like how we have failed as an educational community, right, or as a schooling community. And so, um, but kids are old enough because one of the first things he said to me, um, once we practiced it, we did, a, we did a practice where I was like, all right, now I'm going to pretend to be a teacher that won't let you move. And you got two sets of tools. You got the words that you say, but then you have some things that you can do. Um, and, and he said right back to me, he was just like, that I even have to learn this is messed up, Mr. Minor. Yeah. Um, you know, and so the kids know it, right? Like, um, and, and here's what happens, right? That, that if we don't do this with kids early, they get to your college class and they're not used to sharing their ideas because yeah. they think their ideas aren't welcome here. Or they, they're not used to, you know, um, and so, and, and here's the thing that I'm working on, and this is my growth edge, right? That like um, my, we are giving young people, specifically black and brown young people, specifically queer young people, specifically poor young people, specifically multilingual young people. Um, we are giving people tools to cope with an oppressive system. And I'm tired of giving people tools. And so my whole thing is how do I, especially now that I'm a little more seasoned in my work, how do I use my positionality to dismantle the systems that demand the kids use these tools in the first place? Right. And this is the work for all the adults listening to this podcast, right? That, that, that we have to consistently give children tools is the injustice, right? That Mm -hmm. our work as adults is to give kids the tools for the time being, but to work on dismantling these systems in their entirety. Um, right. But then the beautiful thing, getting back to comics is that's what gives us, you know, that like we've seen people do this over and over and over again. Right. Um, you know, I am in love with what's been happening in X-Men these last three years. And, um, and if that ain't a blueprint for how to fuck shit up, like, <laughs> like you know, like that, that's, that for me, that, like the, yes. X-Men, yeah. the X-Men has been like completely instructive um, these last mm-hmm. three years on how to, redefine what community is, how to Mm. build space for yourself, how to like help other people to understand who you are, you know, like, and I have just really appreciated um, what we now know to be the multiple lives of Charles Xavier, right? What we now know to be, (laughs) you know, like, and so, yeah, I have just really appreciated all of those things. Um, And so the way is out there. 
But I, I think that what we are missing is the institutional bravery. That um, a lot of our peers and colleagues are institutional cowards. That like it is easier to yell at the kid for moving around the room than for than to build a system that allows the kid to be who he is. Right? Um, it is easier to yell at the kid for needing two explanations and a visual explanation than to organically think about how I reinvent my teaching to support kids no matter how they learn. And so, um, so really my work now is, is about moving to this place where I'm completely reimagining um, and reconstructing systems. And it's that, there it is again. Yeah. Imagination, like radical imagination, re, reconstitutive imagination. What I mean by yeah. that is one of the things I think that's interesting about comics and, and, and feel free to, to, to jump in on this too, is comics are, they do reinforce a lot of, a lot of messed up stuff. I will say that I'm not, not critical, yeah. but there's always been a speaking truth to power element. Absolutely. So like when I think about, for instance, my, um, my, my favorite is, you know, from way back was Spider-Man and it was just like, man, you can't make rent. He's got this job. Yeah. He's got all these like the yeah, structure is the bad issues. is the bad yeah. guy. Yeah. And I also was like, um, you know, as problematic as nineteen seventy. I came up in the nineties, yeah. but like nineteen seventies Luke Cage, way problematic. But the whole problem is is yeah. the prison industrial complex. Yeah, like that's the main supervillain. Pro- yeah, the, the the main supervillain is the structures of in of. Uh, the oppressive structures that exist within the United States. That's what, that's what Green Lantern and Green Arrow have been talking about since the seventies. So, and I could go on and on about that, but like, it's this idea of how does one be disrupt, be, be, be disruptive in a system and the kids, kids know, right. How do, and it's up to us to, to have that courage, to have that bravery Um, I think that 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 is put so well, and then to um, not just look for, for example, the workshop, the PD. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the give me the five point bullet that's going to make yeah. my. But exactly. what's in your lives and communities, and yeah. you know, you said the stories are in you, yeah. right? Like what story? Like I always ask my my my. My students, my, my teacher ed students, you know, I talk about like, well, what do you want the story of your classroom to be? Like yeah. when folks are just chopping it up 10 years from now. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. we had so, we had so-and-so's class. Yeah. Yo, that we, when we read this and we did that thing, that yeah. whole like changed my, my whole perspective. It's like, oh, he, all, you know, he always let us do this or he always – we could be who we, we could be who we were, who we Absolutely. wanted to be. That's the story that you want like what but you got to know what you got to be able to imagine the story that you want to be seen you got to be ima- able to imagine down the road 10 15 20 years yeah you know in your own way that draws from your own spirit that draws from your own communities of pra- practice repertoires of practice that third space yeah. right that like you know we like met that that person that says something dope on Twitter and you reached out to me like, yo, that was hot. What's going on? Let's, let's, here's, here's my email. Yeah. And then you, right. It's like yeah. imagining those different ways in a system that does not want 
you to imagine at all. Yeah. For yourself. And I think here's the thing. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and the answer for me is multiverse theory. Like, if if the system ain't working, go to a different universe. Like, you know, go to a different system. You You gotta attune yourself. Yeah. Yes. And so this idea that, like, you know, I think about Ultimate Universe, for example, or 616, like, you know, and so, like, um, you know, I'm I'm specifically thinking about, like, uh, the the New Avengers when they were trying to prevent the collapse of all the different multiverses, right? Yeah. Where 616 was just not panning out, right? And... So I, I took a drink before he, he did. look six one six. I don't know how to put this. It wasn't working for anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you get you get Tony Stark, you get Black Panther, you get Namor. They're all on the same team. They're yeah. trying to build these bombs to protect. You mm-hmm. know, you know, and it's not working. And 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 finally, I don't remember who said it. But they was like, we can just go somewhere else. You know that like we don't have to be a part of this thing that is broken. We don't have to be a part of this thing that don't value us. We can just go somewhere else, you know, like, and, and I think it wasn't until I developed that kind of institutional audacity where I was like looking at stuff that wasn't working for me. I was looking at stuff that wasn't working for kids. And I'm like, Oh, I can just go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can take my talents to South beach, you know, I can, I can, I can can go somewhere, you know, and I think that, and so, you know, right now, um, all the kids are reading Fortnite, right? And so right now we're watching Batman and Snake Eyes, like, mm-hmm. battle it out, right? You know, like, and... As you do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, you know, and I think, and, and, and it's this interesting thing where I think Batman is just like, wait a minute, you know, and, and, and it got real meta because all the other combatants in the arena stopped fighting and watched Batman and Snake Eyes throw buses at each other, right? You know, like, yep. and, and, and so, and, and I think one of the things that gets to happen is you get to look around and you're like, this system is making me fight my brother over here, but I don't have to, like I can stop. And so you have all the, like my favorite part of that book was just not the Batman snake eyes fight. My favorite part of that book was watching all the combatants be like, we don't have to fight. Yes. You know? And so if the system says you got to fight your brother, like actually you can just go to a different multiverse. You can go to go a different universe. You can just go it- you know, so you know, I think that's so. Like, I'm, now I'm thinking about that six one. I'm thinking about the the end of the ult, the end of the universe, the end of the ultimate yeah. universe, and, and this idea of if you only, if you can only imagine one way, then that's the only way you're gonna imagine. So what do I mean by that is like, yeah. well, we you got all these super geniuses, right? Yeah. And the only thing they're imagining is how to destroy the other. Like, yeah. they're, right? They're yeah, <laughs> they're exactly. only imagining. So while they have all of this creativity, yeah. I'm going to bring it all the way back. It is a fundamental collapse of the imagination, and it takes exactly. the, the simple act of going, well, hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. This idea of, you know, <laughs> I know a lot of Batman stands out there and be like, Batman plus time equals victory. I'm like, okay, if you get right. So, okay. <laughs> like, not that's, really. not, that's a different podcast. <laughs> not really. You're wrong, but exactly. okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but this idea of taking the time to to stop yeah. and understand where you are, what you're being asked to do, and then how to operate, not within that system, but in def- defiance yeah. of it. You know, so and, like, I, oh, and I think does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I mean, and I think that's why that's where Reed Richards becomes really important because I think Reed Richards is us right now. 
when the shit hits oh. the fan, do you build or do you destroy? Like, you know, like, um, that yes. like, you know, that like Reed Richards represents all of yes. humanity right now. That like when things oh get bad, do you use your resources to be constructive or destructive? Destructive. That's right. And Reed Richards right. could not answer that question. Yep. You know, and, and so, and I mean, and that's what we're facing right now as a country. That's what we're facing right now as, as a global society who's looking at climate change, right? We're mm-hmm. all looking at climate change. Are we going to use our vast resources and intellect to be constructive or destructive? Like we're in a real Reed Richards moment right now. And here's where Reed Richards messed it up. Like with all that he has, A, he elected destructive, but then B, he built a raft for the elite. That that's what he did. That was his considerable talent and resources to build a raft for the elite. So the only people that were survived were either people I know or people who are wealthy. Like we're in a real or some or some stowaways, <laughs> yeah, right? Some exactly. people that weren't supposed to come. Exactly, and so we're in the real Reed Richards moment right now. And so again, all of, but again, but but that ain't the first time that story is told. That's Gilgamesh, right? Like that is so we can go all the way back, right? Like this isn't the first time that story was told, like that. And so so like I think it's really really important to understand that as humans, as a species, we have been exposed to these lessons over and over and we have failed to learn them um and now we're at a point where our environment is falling apart now we're at a point where we're at war with one another and killing children right mm-hmm. in the middle east you know so free palestine like all of this like you know like and so i mean i think it's right. really and so i think it's really really important you know so even though we're just talking comics we're talking we're talking big things here you know right. and and so to be able to understand here's where Reed Richards fails, so I don't have to, right? You know, is a really important understanding. Yeah. And that's why this stuff matters in my classroom, you know? Yeah. This, this, that's, that's no cap right there. Like, <laughs> I mean, we have, a, it's an inflection point. It is, the thing I love about comics is the thing that's scary about life is that the universe depends on it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Say? It's like there's, it's mutual. It's mutually destructive in a yeah. lot of ways. Like this idea of, you know, well, Batman fighting snake eyes, for example, yeah. like if you keep down this path, it is mutually destructive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless you have the courage and the strength to address it, address the, the question differently yeah. address the con address the actual uh, the actual problem yeah. meaningfully one of the things my my one of my one of my kids said thing you know the thing i like about the squirrel girl is that she listens yeah. she stopped galactus you know how she stopped galactus she's the only person to stop galactus and thanos you know how she stopped yeah. galactus she just listened to him yeah and i was just like yeah. how are you seven and yeah. you just like got that. Yeah. It's like more people should listen. I'm like, yup. Because of what you said. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Galactus is like any one of us. Like yep. when you don't have your needs met, he's hungry, you destroy worlds. You know, that's it. Like, you know, and like and so Galactus that's is it. like and so and so we look at all these kids and all these communities whose needs aren't being met. We are raising people who will destroy worlds. And so it's really easy. Like you meet people's needs early 
and they can use their incredible talent and resources to build. Yeah. That's like, it's that easy. No, it's <laughs> that you don't need heralds if your needs are met, if you're not hungry. That's there you go. Like, man, this is this melt. This is just brain meltingly amazing, right? Like this, this, this idea of, okay, you're positioning this person, this, this entity, this being that, that has a fundamental need as a universe destroyer. Yeah. What if that wasn't the case? What if we were able to meet the needs? Yeah. Right. What, and and this idea of, well, what if we were able to meet the needs of, of a student who needed to move yeah. from another classroom. That's yeah. the same, like this, like, oh, like that's a same. bad student. Oh, that's a universe destroyer. Not a, right? Like, yeah. yeah because the same do, thing. Because, right. because if you don't meet that kid's needs, that kid will become a universe destroyer. You know, and it's so, it's so easy, you know, and that was the question that like um, the ultimates yep. tried to grapple with, right? Like yep. America Chavez and all yep. them. Yep. Like, you know, that, but again, they didn't listen. They didn't do like Squirrel Girl did. Like, you know, like they, you know, they did what any group of entitled individuals would do, you know, and so, and, and, you know, and so I think that these are the lessons, right, that, like, how do you meet people's needs? How do you respect, you know, the, the knowledges that people bring with them? How do you, like, not silence the parts of people that do not agree with your worldview? And, again, comics hands us all of those things, that you find all of those things every Wednesday in your comic book store. Um, and so... Yeah. Oh, we could talk about this forever. Yeah. Like forever, ever. Forever, ever. Forever, <laughs> ever. Um, but okay, so two, I want to wrap it up because um, I know that uh, you've been very generous with your time and, and amazing, Jules. Like, this is going to take people three hours to get through because they're going to have to keep stopping and writing notes and stopping and writing notes because, like, the gems here is just amazing. Um, but okay, so two questions. Um, how how can people follow you if if oh. you're comfortable? How can they get to, get at your online at your social? You got any shareables? For sure, yeah, for sure. Like um, so, CassAndCorn.com. I work with my partner, the amazing Cass Miner. So that's K A S S A N D C O R N. It's our first names. CassAndCorn.com is where you can find me online. Um, I spend way too much time on the Twitter, so I am at Mister Miner on the Bird app. M-I-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-O-R. So that is at Mr. Minor. Um, and then for if your grandma wants to talk to me, I'm on Facebook. So 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 I do talk to grandmas on Facebook. Um, and um, and that's how you reach me. Yeah. But, but you know, but like, you know, folks who are in Brooklyn, y'all know where I'd be at. So um so I'm Brooklyn. Um but I'm really just excited to be here with you, man. Hey. Just like thank you for creating this up. And that we gotta give we gotta give we got to give the people some homework. Um, what What are you reading right now? Well, like, what's What's a must read if someone's like, "All oh, this stuff they talk about is amazing," and yeah. like, what are you what What's hot right now so, for you? So, so must read right now. Um, just given the condition that we're in in the world right now, Gene Yang, um, Superman smashes the plan. Yeah, must read right now. Like, must read, must read, must read. Um, let's see what else is a must read right now. Um, the the new Miles Morales graphic novel by Reynolds just came out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's must read. I think came out two days ago. Um, so must read, must read, must read. Um, and since we started the show by plugging Milestone, Milestone is making its way back. So the Milestone teaser sampler is available 
right now. So Milestone Comics, um, Milestone Returns, you've got to read it. Um, and so, so those are those will be my three must reads. But I could talk Beautiful. forever about must reads. The more I think about this, like yeah, I'm going. no, but also it's I not also, a nice question. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I also want people to understand that reading is multimodal. I want people to understand that Huge and that. And so, so must read right now. I think it's really, really important that it, especially if you're an educator, if you're not playing video games right now, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's really, really important to at least try games and to try to understand like the plot and how these games are developing. Um, and so um, must read right now in terms of gaming, especially if you're middle school or high school. Um, I think it's really, really important that you understand the metaverse and the narrative that's happening in Fortnite right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has been really impactful for young people. If you're elementary school, I think it's really important that you understand the discourse around Pokemon right now. Pokemon Snap just came out. um, And so kids understanding of geography and time and place has been heavily impacted by like the different regions of where you can find a Pokemon, um, kids understanding of ecosystems and biomes. Um, and so all of that's really, but all of that is literacy, right? The texts yep. are multimodal. Um, also, I think um, watching television is really, really important. Um, mm-hmm. We know that, that, that YouTube is the television of our day right, right now. And okay. so following YouTube creators, um, and streamers, I think is really, really important right now. Um, and so teachers, especially after the year that we've all had on Zoom, um, if you are not um, a member of the Twitch community, you need to jump on Twitch because they figured out how to teach on Zoom before Zoom was even a thing, right? And so a lot of my pedagogy, my Zoom pedagogy has come from watching Twitch streamers and how they engage an audience, right? How they engage an audience that they can't see, how they like develop ways how they to trust each other how they develop longitudinal relationship building all of that was happening on twitch six years ago and so when we all went to pandemic and needed to figure out how to build community i turned to the twitch community um and so i think all of those things um are really important in terms of must read oh my gosh all right there all right y'all you got you got it uh thank you again uh cornelius minor for joining us um Everybody, I uh, hope you have a uh, hope. Hope you're enjoying the the summer weather. Hope you're getting a chance um, to to stretch your legs a little bit. Be smart. Be safe. Be kind to each other. And we will see you next time.